0: Ladies and gents, how are you? And welcome to the second episode of the swim special with the lovely guest, Abby Wood. Uh, we spoke to Abby about three weeks prior to the Olympic trials. It was just after the last Manchester Invitational meet. And we were all so pleased to see Abby absolutely kill it at trials. Um, not only did she scrape onto the team, but she's going to Tokyo with a very high likelihood of challenging for podiums. And frankly, in the form that she's in, who knows what else? The sky's the limit um, with the performances that she's been putting in over the last 18 months, particularly leading off from that amazing breakout meet at the ISL Season 2. We spoke about a ton of things, some to do with swimming, some not. Abby was an absolute delight, a great sense of humour. And yeah, we were really, really pleased to have her on. So we hope that you guys enjoyed the conversation um, as much as we did um, providing it for you. So without further ado, Abby Wood. Miss Abby Wood, how are you? Thanks so much for coming on.
1: No, I'm really good, thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, not not a problem at all. Um, how, how are you first and foremost after Manchester the weekend? You all rested up after that? Uh,
1: yeah, I'm pretty good. I've just got a niggle in my shoulder, so I didn't really do much this time because kind of better safe than sorry before olympic trials so kind yeah. of just played it safe and just did the freestyle where i don't have any pain on the freestyle um and just avoided yes. breaststroke really because that's where it was worse so apart from that i'm all good yeah wasn't as eventful as yeah wasn't as eventful as the last manchester but i just had to just do I, it was hard it was frustrating to watch everyone like doing so well and i just kind of wanted to get stuck in but um, it was for the best, so yeah, it's fine.
0: Great, um, and yeah, for those as a fellow northerner, Abby, I <laughs> have a have a slight idea, but um, for those who aren't aware, where is that accent from?
1: Uh, it's Buxton, so it's like in the Peak District in England, obviously. Um, between, like, it's kind of between Manchester and Sheffield, um, but it's Buxton's basically in the middle of nowhere. But, yeah. <laughs> but you
0: you were back there for your first lockdown weren't you
1: yeah um I moved out when I was 16 so it was weird going back home it's the longest time I've spent at home since I moved out I think the longest time before that was probably about four days straight um so it was weird staying at home for a good like I think it's like 10 or 12 weeks um yeah it was interesting yeah we all got on family, though. <laughs> everyone's just doing their own thing and my mum and dad were key workers and I got a job so we weren't really in each of us hair so it was okay
0: oh uh, yeah that's I feel like everyone's been through that a bit haven't they recently I'm back at home with my parents as well and uh, yeah. yeah you certainly get on top You certainly get on top of each other every now and then
1: but yeah. uh, you said
0: uh yeah you said um during lockdown that you Weren't you were doing loads of land training? I think with uh, mm. back back with your coach from Loughborough, but you said that you weren't keen on swimming in the local reservoir in Buxton during lockdown. No. Why why is that? Do you want to explain that?
1: Just, it's just not my scene. Like <laughs> <laughs> there was options to do it if I wanted to, and like there was a lot of people that weren't, and I felt like they were the only people that were doing it were the open water boys in our squad. Um so i just i don't know like is it is it is it a
0: hygiene reason is
1: that why or is it just no, you don't fancy it it's just literally i just didn't fancy it like i'd just rather have kept fit in different ways and yeah i i just yeah. wasn't like interested it's just not my kind of thing i like swimming in the sea but when it's something like a reservoir or a pond i don't know something just yeah puts it up. i was probably yeah i'm the same
0: yeah that's Sorry. it i think it depends on the area no i think it depends on the area as well because we um we've i don't want to say where because i don't want to rat them out but we've got a, a local lake near us and they um they drained it a couple of years ago for whatever reason i don't know and literally it's about a, a kilometer long lake and the whole bottom there was just full of bmx bikes so oh, uh no, that's yeah that, that put me off swimming yeah. in uh ponds and lakes in the uk ever since yeah but um But just going back to your family as such, I mean, they must have been incredibly, obviously you moved out when you were 16, but they must have been incredibly important in your progression as a swimmer, because your older sister was a swimmer as well, wasn't she?
1: Mm, Yeah, well, I think I kind of got into swimming because of my older sister. Well, my mum used to swim first, obviously, and then um, that kind of got Lucy into it. And then, um, yeah, I just kind of followed my sister around. I didn't. At first, I didn't really have an interest. I kind of just followed her around to meet. It's like I didn't, I didn't train or anything. And then like, I was always just sat watching her. And then one day someone was just like, "Why don't you get in and try it?" Um, and I was a bit reluctant because I hated swimming lessons. Um, and yeah, yeah, my sister definitely got me into. It. And I was, de- I was like a little psychic for like about five <laughs> years. Yeah. And then when yeah. she went to Da Vinci, um. XL, which is Dorris's elite swim squad, I kind of followed her there a few years later, and yeah, it was just her little shadow, really. Yeah, and um,
0: at the venture you had you were surrounded by quite. Was it, is it true that you were training at the same time as a, a Sarah Vasey and Molly Renshaw? There is that right?
1: Yeah. So yeah. So my it was my sister actually because she's a few years older than me. She was best friends with Molly and Sarah and. There was always like an older group of girls and a younger group of girls and um, so it's kind of weird now that me, Molly and Sarah are so close now um, and my sister finds it really weird because they were her friends. Um, So yeah, like, yeah, we were all there at the same time. There's quite a few um, people from DaVinci that moved on to Loughborough afterwards.
0: Yeah. And um so you you've really, really nicked in and stolen your, your sister's friends then, haven't you?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, well, she quit when she quit about gosh, like eight years, eight or nine years ago Oh, uh, okay. And, like she yeah. she's not she's not close to them or anything, so it's not that way, but I bet to start <laughs> with to start with it probably was. Um but now yeah. like it's
0: she yeah. care. and uh what of one of my what I thought was cool at the, at the ISL, I can't remember what race it was. We are just on the topic of uh, a yeah, let's talk about how close you are with Molly Renshaw. I think it was it, – I can't remember what stage of ISL it was, but it was one of the 100 IMs where you walked out with Molly. Yeah. And you two did, like, a little dance or a little jive together sort mm. of thing. Who Whose idea was that? And who, does anyone tell you, oh, you got to be entertaining before you walk out? Or oh, how does get, that yeah. work?
1: they kind of tell you in the run-up like obviously the event organizers like they want so much energy and they're always saying like oh please do something on the way out just to like big it up a bit and I think Molly's a bit shy on that kind of thing and I was the one who was really like oh come on like it's funny like let's just do it (laughs) and I felt we were definitely a lot tamer than some of the boys um but we just did our own little thing and it took a bit of persuading, and I think I don't think she did it with many of the other girls. I think she'd only do it if it was me or Sarah. So we definitely like pushed her to do it, but she like it was fun, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I I, all thought, I thought it was for for guys, but um, do you reckon as a kid being around in Da being around such good swimmers, really really helped with your development early on?
1: Yeah, definitely. Like I'd say like when people ask me who my role model is in the sport there's obviously like the generic answer like Phelps or someone but i think them two girls had such a big impact on me like molly and sarah like molly making a world team when she was at adventure when she was 15 and then it kind of just made me realize like i'm in the same position as her like we both train in the same pool at the same times like why can't i do it as well and then when she kind of moved on to Loughborough at a young age at 16 and then I got approached when I was 16 if I wanted to come to Loughborough and I was just it just like eggs me on I was like oh yeah like Molly did it I know Molly she's there um and, yeah, and then Sarah came later and we're just a little trio now and it is so nice and like of like the biggest like we were only saying the other day like our biggest dream is like if all of us three could go to tokyo together i we, we'd never really yeah. thought about it and then we were just like it actually would be like mad because we've trained yeah. together since like i was 11
0: god no that that would really be the stuff of dreams though, wouldn't it but, yeah um, you just you, you've talked about it a little bit actually um you moved to Loughborough when you were 16 and yeah. most people wait until university before they go there yeah. why did you move so early
1: um, it was a big reason, actually. So, Buxton is an hour away from Derby. Even though it's in Derbyshire, it's so far away. And I, Like, because it was so far, I, I physically couldn't do every single session at Da Vincio. Um So, I did, like, half and half. Well, not even half and half. I did six sessions in Buxton pool and four at with Da Vincio. And the coach, Andy Manley, would send me sessions on my Buxton one. So, I did, like half my training on my own and it was really hard mentally and then obviously like traveling to derby four times a week like i couldn't drive so it really put pressure on my parents and it kind of like it get to a point where i just felt bad that like i was taking up so much of their life and obviously they would never complain and but i just think it was hard for them to not have an end in sight and then it just felt so natural like look if someone said to me now like um or like this girl's moving at 16 like my opinion would be like oh that's so young but I did it and I don't think at the time I realized how big of a jump it was just because Loughborough's got such a good program but like they have like an under 18 halls and like there's an like an elite house that I stayed in and it was all like really seamless and I kind of integrated with the Loughborough group and checked that I liked it before I did the move so like in school holidays when i was like 15 i'd train with them like weeks at a time and i think um obviously like all the other swimmers were like moving on like all the international swimmers at adventure were moving to loughborough and when i started making teams like i had a conversation with andy and he was kind of like this is the right move for you to do like i i'm you're not with me all the time you're only with me four sessions a week like imagine what you could do if you were with a, your coach like 10 times a week and it just was like it was n- a no-brainer really and yeah. they had like and I just did my, my college there and it was just a no-brainer it made my life so much easier I'm a mum and dad yeah
0: too. so you um you went to college in Loughborough then you didn't your education didn't suffer anything because of it
1: no no I was I was I was really keen to keep it all going like I could have easily like found a way out of it at 16 or kind of just like played through it and then not really doing anything else but I feel like like I'm still in education now and I feel like that's what's kept me like sane because I always need something else to concentrate (laughs) on so it's nice having like my degree as well as swimming I'd literally go mad I'd go brain dead if I didn't do anything
0: yeah I I think everyone would to be honest, And, and um, is it true that when you moved to Loughborough, you were talking about they had the, these elite halls there. I read somewhere that you moved in with a, into a house with 16 rugby players. Eight were men yeah. and eight were women. Is that right? Yeah. And what was that yeah. like? That must have been absolutely mental.
1: I think it made the whole thing easier because it was so exciting. Like, it was literally like <laughs> living in the Big Brother house. Like, it was so cool. Like, I, honestly, like... They could have easily, because they were teams like staying together. They could have easily left me out, but they were so welcoming and like I still talk to some of them now. And yeah, like it made the whole thing so much easier.
0: Especially as a sixteen-year-old as well. Were they sixteen as well? Were they all your age or were they slightly older?
1: Yeah, we were all sixteen, going on seventeen. We were all going to the college. I think it made it so much easier because I could have easily just got a place on my own and only knowing yeah. the guys at Loughborough pool and like it, I think it would have got to me but because I had like this group of 16 other people in the same situation as me like it was so e- it was so easy and like yeah it like it was like a warden living in the house so like obviously we were safe like we were like we're like curfews like not like 9pm but like we have stuff to check that we weren't like going out and like mixing too much with the students like it was like a really good program that Loughborough put on
0: yeah no that that sounds absolutely perfect but yeah um yeah because obviously there must have been a temptation well i'd imagine with a bunch (laughs) of 16 year olds together there's always a temptation for stuff to go mad but it sounds like you guys dealt with it absolutely perfectly
1: i mean it it was mad in some senses like we like only on like silly things like we were were, like messy or like we'd have like a food fight like well we weren't like (laughs) taking the mickey and like going out and getting pissed every night kind of thing
0: yeah yeah and um just back on to sort of I suppose you move one of the benefits of moving to Loughborough is that you're around such high level swimmers all the time and you can learn from them mm.
1: has
0: that been this has that been the case in your events particularly with racing because in the UK over the last 10 years you know in the 400 IM you've had Hannah Miley you've had Amy Wilmot and um yeah. In the 200, obviously you've had Siobhan Marie, O'Connor. Do you think that race, racing these girls consistently over a course of many years can only mm. have improved you?
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, I think it's one of the strongest events for women. Like, Shavonne's obviously Olympic silver medalist. Amy and Hannah are both Commonwealth champions. They're all British record holders. Like, they were the best of the best. And like, for so many years, like, it was just me coming third and just trying to like itch closer to them every year. Um, and I think at the time like it probably was annoying like I would never place high at champs like I'd be lucky to make the podium with them three there Um so I think at the time like it was like it was frustrating but I didn't realize how good for me it was because if it wasn't like you just I'd just be like swimming racing on my own and it just wouldn't have I might I might not have been where I am now yeah.
0: And was there, when you were racing those girls, was there a moment where you sort of realized that you could potentially one day actually make a senior team or that you could sort of compete with those girls?
1: I think it's only started to come recently. Like, I feel like after, since I sell, like, I've just had like a new lease of confidence. So, like, even like before the pandemic, like, I saw them on such a different class to me and I just couldn't compare myself I just had it in my head that I was always third place and like I didn't really stand a chance until they quit and I feel like I was in a waiting game of waiting for them to quit and like um obviously like like Amy's like doing better than ever so like I don't that was the wrong approach to have and um I think now like since I sell the confidence it gave me I'm kind of like no like I'm in the running as well like I've not I've not been around just as long, but like I've got enough experience now to like go up against them, and yeah, they they, like, they yeah. just pushed me so much, and especially like training with Chavon all last year, <clears throat> that definitely helped me a lot as well.
0: Yeah, No, that's that's something that I was going to talk about actually about mm-hmm. this year at the ISL. <clears throat> you were really one of the breakout stars, if not the most favourite breakout star at the meet. Mm-hmm. Was when you before that meet did you have an inner confidence that you had that potential in you or because those results were so those times you know breaking the 200 IM british record and, mm-hmm. um for being an example of that because those were so unprecedented for you was it a shock to your system at how mm-hmm. good you actually did go
1: yeah, like it was the biggest shock I've had in my swimming career. Like honestly, like I did not see it, like I didn't see it coming at all because obviously I had no indication of how my swimming was going. I hadn't raced in like what like eight months. Yeah. Like it was like so shocking. I think uh, me and my coach kind of just said like, oh, like it would be nice for you to come back with some top fours just to get a bit of money to help me keep going with swimming. And he was like, these are the times that. Like my targets were literally like the times that the top four had got like in the <clears throat> season before, and and I think I was literally just doing it for the experience and just to like try and get some momentum. And then after the first race, I did. I was I literally went into the first race and I was just like, right, I'm just going to try and find my feet and feet, see what it's like to race again. And then I touched the wall and I'd come like second. Like even in the race, I didn't even realise it, it was happening. And like because like cuz of how the lanes are <laughs> like cuz of how the lanes yeah. are and, like obviously it's like 2222 um, yeah all the best people are no on the idea, other
0: side of the pool are yeah you
1: have no idea where you are so like you literally just find one person in your island and try and race them and uh i i literally thought like oh like two or three people must be over ahead i can't see and um i'll just lock ties with whoever i think it was melanie Margalis, and um, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm just going to try and race her. And then I turned and it was like a 205 and like the fastest i would ever gone before was like 207. And yeah. then I was so, so shocked. And then obviously, like, I think as the rounds went on, I got, I just built so much confidence that I'd never had before. Cause I think it was better. Like me being so naive was like the key for me. Yeah, um, I it was
0: yeah, it was a little bit of ignorance was a little bit of a bliss for you at the time. Yeah. 100%, yeah. Because yeah. if, if anybody's out there and they haven't they haven't noticed it, if you go back and watch your two hundred IM at the ISL when you you go two oh four, your mm. face at the end when you see the time is an absolute picture to yeah, well, it it was. Was yeah, well it
1: was. Yeah. I remember after the first round, um, someone messaged me like oh like obviously joking like it was a friend and he was like oh like 204 like is a british record like you're on to that and i was like no like i've just got a two second pb like i'm not an age grouper anymore i'm not going to do that kind of thing it just had like i think it was just the gaining confidence and like ready to race and like just chase the time and yeah it was like exciting for me yeah Yeah, and you just
0: sort of, you touched on it there about, you know, how age group swimmers do, you know, massive PBs and what have you. Um, What is particularly striking about your career is that you were such, you were always such a good international junior swimmer. I mean, if you go back to 2013, Youth Olympics, 2015, European Games, you're winning golds in events there. Mm -hmm. Um, But in, in swimming, lots of high level performers when they're 15 and 16, they lose motivation, they drop out, they don't want it anymore what was it that drove you on to really want to establish yourself in the senior ranks?
1: I think if I'm honest, like after my um, first senior competition, I I did lose motivation. And I, I was like, this is, not the, this is not as easy as it was when I was a junior. And I, like, I did go through stages. And I was like, I've lost it. And I think it was my coach that just said, like, he just gave me examples of other swimmers who like, it just doesn't work out for straight away. And I think um even like going like probably like I didn't it didn't really click with me until like like the end of 2019. like what am I saying it didn't really click like I was like going for it until like the end of 2018 like after Commonwealth games when I'd had such a good time I was like right like this is what I want to keep doing now and I just need to pull my socks up a bit but I definitely went through a stage of like Losing momentum and like I did have a few meetings to like to quit with um Dave Henry, oh, really? coach. Yeah, like not not I wasn't like I'm gonna quit, but I was just like like this is horrible because like my first worlds was 2017, which was straight fresh from being a junior swimmer, and I went PB plus 10 in Budapest, and I was so embarrassed, and it just really upset me, and I was like I never want to feel like that again. He was just like, right, well, Commonwealth Games next year in Australia. Like, do you not just want to get? He's like, you only have to go PB plus five to get a free trip to Australia. He's like, it'd be stupid not to go. And then I had such a good time there, and it kind of just, I was like, right, okay, actually, I do want to keep going.
0: Yeah. So the reason that you wanted to make the Commonwealth too was because of the free holiday, is that right?
1: I think a lot of it pushed a lot of people on a lot more. Yeah. I tell it's you really, three
0: to the yeah. gold sorry a free trip to the gold coast I certainly wouldn't uh, let off
1: yeah it was honestly one of the best experiences I've had so yeah I'm glad it, and it really just was I was it really just made me realize that how lucky I was and yeah
0: yeah so what for swimmers who were 50, you know in your position I suppose a couple of years ago when you were considering quitting is there any one piece of advice that you'd give them if they if they were at that same point
1: um probably just like don't quit too early because like if I'd have quit when I did like I would not be in the position I am now and I'd probably just like be well I'd be at uni but I'd just be like I don't know just like getting pissed every night and not really having a lot to do with it and I don't know like I feel like I was very ready to quit too soon like I had only given it one chance at senior swimming and um and yeah like just don't yeah don't quit too soon because i'm definitely glad that i didn't now
0: yeah and um you were sort of talking about what are the you know the main attractions to swimming is that you get to travel everywhere you know to, to loads of cool places around the world you were on the new york breakers team at isl have you been promised any trips to new york at all
1: um it was like on like it's been on like surveys and stuff like where we want our like hub to be if we were going to start one open like new york was on there um i don't really know what pools are about in new york um never been and that would obviously be amazing but i think they did go on a training camp before the last one they went to turkey i think um but like our, our lot just kind of decided to stay with dave a bit longer at loughborough um yeah but yeah, it would be class to go to New York, but and it, it, <laughs> no, nothing else has come from it because obviously there's no getting over there at the moment.
0: Yeah, and I suppose that's one of the uh, the I suppose well, one of the conversations to be had about the ISL because the hub seemed to work so well this year, mm. but at the same time, when there wasn't the hub, you guys got the opportunity to travel all over the place. Mm. So, how what was your thoughts on that?
1: I think for this year, like it was perfect. Like it was six weeks, like no one was doing anything, like no life plans were going on. Like, because six weeks is a long amount of time, and like you do literally, like if it was normal times, you'd literally be putting your life on hold for six weeks. And like, obviously, like you would love to, but there's stuff you'd like miss out on. And I feel like personally, I'd rather have it, like, a weekend at a time and, like, dotted around different places, not only because you'd be able to travel more, like, maybe that's me being selfish. Like, obviously, I want to see more of the world. But I think six weeks straight is a big chunk out of, like, a swimming season, like, six months. I was, like, not six months. I was six weeks away from my home coach, six weeks away from my family. But, like, at the time, like, I didn't have anything else going on in my life. So I think for this... For the season, just like, well, for this season, it was perfect, but I feel like when ev- like everyday life kicks in, like, if they tried to do a six week thing again, like, people would be going in and out, like, yeah. Yeah, like, it, I just don't think it would be as doable, if you get me. Yeah.
0: And, um, well, I suppose that's one of the things. You guys had so much spare time at the mm. ISL this year and i i heard you actually speaking about how you you devoted some of that time to uh writing up your dissertation how did that go did that was that did you make the most of it or did you was did you mm. still have plenty to do when you got back
1: well i'm still doing it now like it's a big project oh, okay. <laughs> yeah it's 12,000 words and you have to do like your own project and your own study so my deadline is next thursday actually so it is um yeah it's coming up soon but I think I like it gave me something to do like I was like right I'm gonna kick start here and I think I did get like a good quarter of it done which I think the hardest thing to do is start it and I had so much time and I was like I need like this is the opportunity to do that I've got no distractions like I'm literally in a room in my own no one's allowed to we're not allowed to go anywhere so I was just like this is like the perfect opportunity to start it, and it did make me do it.
0: Yeah, and you um, you study criminology, is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: is um, are you therefore a big fan of crime documentaries or not?
1: Yeah, like crime documentaries and books, uh, I'm really into. Yeah,
0: It's any of the the crime docs on uh, Netflix at all recently?
1: Um. I do. I mean, it sounds a bit shallow, but I like I prefer the dramas that are kind of like fictional. OK, cool. Um, yeah. But I do. I do watch some of the ones on Netflix that are real, obviously. But I do prefer the dramas because they're just made up and it's nicer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But um, back to sort of talking about Loughborough, I suppose. Is is that criminology career? Is Have you considered your career after swimming or anything that you'd like to go into at all?
1: I think, like that's one of the major reasons I wanted to do a degree was because I I was quite realistic, knowing that swimming's not gonna last forever for me, and like I do want a degree to fall back on, and it is something that like I want to pursue after swimming, or I don't know, my mind kind of changed every week. Like I don't know if like there's other stuff I'd want to do. So like now I've finished uni, and I'm probably gonna carry on swimming. Like I'll probably pick up an online course next year, and. Do something else, like I've got loads of time, like cause swimming. Well, not loads of time, but like I, I just like having a distraction from my brain. So I feel like why not? I might as well pick up the qualifications now when I'm swimming, rather than yeah. wait until I finish and trying to get loads of qualifications and whilst I've not got a job. Yeah, so, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And uh, on the topic of sort of jobs and funding, you've spoken before about how you're not you're not on funding at the moment, are you? is that right um
1: well after manchester i got put on it
0: yeah oh well good stuff yeah. oh, okay no, I, was, <laughs> I, was, um, I was wondering yeah okay but when you weren't on funding the, I, mm. the isl must have been even more attractive to you
1: yeah professionally well as well
0: as financially just to keep going in the sport i suppose
1: yeah like when i was talking to my coach like when obviously the solidary agreement came up and I was just like I don't care what team I'm on what I've got to do I'll do any event <laughs> I was like I need this to live like I don't have a choice obviously I've got my student loan that kept me going like it pays my rent but like I was not I, it was hot it is hard like trying to be a swimmer and not getting paid like it was pretty rough like i you like living on rations when you're supposed to be like eating like a king and well, yeah. I wouldn't say it's not as extreme as, like, I don't know. that's very extreme, but, like, it is hard. Like, obviously, like, uni's so sociable, like, you want to go out and, like, have meals every night because that's what students do, and it was it was really hard, especially when I'd, be, I'd been on funding since I was, like, I think I was 13 when I got put on it, so I'd been on it and was used to having this money for seven years, and then for it to be taken away it was really hard on like it was like luckily my sister had just finished uni so they weren't supporting my parents weren't having to, to like pay for both of us um but like if my parents couldn't have like afforded it like i would have literally had to quit swimming like it is hard and i think as well it's like a bit of a kick in the teeth that like obviously like it is cutthroat like they have to do what they've got to do like with funding but it was hard like you just felt like you weren't as supported as you were like people didn't believe in you as much but like Dave like 100 was 100% like with me the whole way he was just like he like he just made me put my energy into like proving people wrong and have that mentality and it was it was really good I think it was good for me like I think I was getting quite comfortable um just like doing the bare minimum to stay on it and like now it's just given me like an extra push I needed. So I think it was a blessing in disguise. Yeah, yeah. And um, it um. So
0: how important has your coach been in these conversations? You talk about your parents a lot with funding, but you talk about your coach in terms of the decision to to keep on swimming or not. What by what I'm sort of hearing, he is really really pivotal in your career.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Like I've like, me and Dave get on, like, House on Fire, um, like, we just, it's definitely, I feel like it's not, I feel like definitely more recently, like, I've really grown up, and, like, it's more like a partnership, rather than, like, a swimmer and coach, like, we're just, like, really trying to make it for each other, really, and, like, I'll give him, like, as much, like, I'll give it him back now, as in the sense, like, obviously, I'll give the chat back, but as well as, like, I'll give him, the feedback that I'd never used to give him and I think we both like push each other like I push him as a coach and he pushes me as an athlete and I really trust the program that I've been on with him for the past six years and like obviously at times like you do doubt it but you just look around at everyone in the squad like it's such a strong squad now that Dave's put together and yeah I really I rate him as a coach so high that I don't think there's another coach I'd rather be with at this moment in time. Oh, that's
0: no, brilliant. Um, mm. That sounds like sounds like you're in the absolute perfect position right now, then, to uh, yeah. sort of kick on towards like, the Olympics.
1: Yeah, and, like, it's not just him. Like It's, like, the whole squad is just, like, in one mindset and, like, everyone's going for the same thing. And, yeah, it's a really, like, cool place to train at the moment and down in Loughborough
0: and where was it which coach would you um give responsibility to for developing your underwater sections uh to get to where they are now because i mean that was one of the things which really struck out in the isl because it was short mm. course obviously you really really showed how good you were under the water when did that develop into your into your swimming
1: i think the discipline of it was definitely when i was with davencio like i think because Andy. Like, it was Andy Manley I had who's at Loughborough now as well actually um he just like found me things that I could work on on my own at Buxton so like I remember one of the things I had to do at, like say if i had like an 800 warm-up he'd get someone when I saw so at Buxton he'd get someone to put a rope down the middle of the pool and I'd have to and I'd have to get past the rope every wall so it was like 12.5 of every wall and it just really got ingrained in my brain and then I think like, year by year at Loughborough, like, because I had the discipline that I was doing it, but it wasn't, it might not have been as quick, and, like, Dave is really on it with um, the underwater, so, like, I think it shows with how good Joe is at it as well, Joe Litchfield, like, me and him do a lot of underwater sets together, like, some sprints, um, and it's, I think the discipline was there at DaVincios, and then the getting the speed from it was from Dave yeah
0: and um so when you were so when you're training is uh do you are you in different groups at Loughborough then who's your sort of your key training partners would you say
1: so in the whole center there's two there's two groups so there's Mel's group which is like Adam, Luke Greenbank, Sarah Vasey and then obviously a few others and then our group with Dave is um like me, Joe, Max, molly renshaw james willby that's just like a handful um and there's about like 10 in mel's group 10 in dave's and then like dave is so like particular. Like, he could have because like most of us are two just swimming so he could have easily just put us all like down on the same thing but like i wouldn't i can't even give you one training partner i have like dave's so specific like he'll have like a whole session plan and there'd literally be like six sessions going on but every single session like i think it's so rare that we like we never all do one session together as a group because obviously there's the open water boys and then there's me and the two medley boys joe max um and then um the obviously the breast shakers, so molly and will be and then i've some i rarely join in with molly and do some breaststroke with her or I, like because i am not like, join the open water boys to get some aerobic into so us like it's literally like a moving beast like everyone's chopping and changing everywhere like he's just so particular and everyone has their own session plan every week like what they're going to do each session and I think he writes each person's session plan individually and then he just sees where they can join together he doesn't write it so like oh I'll have a group of five people doing this and then a group of five people doing this like he's just so particular because I think he sees that everyone has a separate career i think a lot of people have started to question why me and molly don't really train together and it's nothing to do about like, oh like no like obviously <laughs> there's no rivalry this is like we are just like completely different swimmers like i'm like more aerobic based and like my breaststroke has developed from my medley whereas molly's like a breaststroker through and through and like i couldn't do the loads of breaststroke that she does every day um and yeah like yeah. It's just, Dave's just so particular with it and it's really good. I think that's why I trust him so much because you can see how much he cares, like per session plan. So much time goes into it.
0: Yeah. So he's, it seems to be that he really, really sets high standards for you all the time, every single day. Do you feel like those standards, your standards of training went up after you went to Loughborough?
1: Yeah. Like, I feel like when I was doing the Buxton and uh, Derby split, I thought I was only making an effort on the derby sessions. Like I was very lucky in my junior career, like, looking back, like, the sessions I'm and on me, and like, I just get the meters done and go home and, like, kind of just doss around, like, but <laughs> at Loughborough, like, every single session there's a new objective. Like, it's never, like, oh, this is recovery, like, just do this. Like, the recovery yeah. sessions are your technical sessions and – There's never a session really to switch off apart from say if it was after like a big meet. So, like this morning, we just had like an easy 6K. Well, yeah, 6K as easy as 6K can be. But I mean,
0: yeah, I I, I definitely don't think that'd be easy for myself, Abby. But it might be,
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I definitely do. Like, yeah, the meters are quite high in my program, but it's how I, I work, so that's fine, yeah.
0: And um, does your coach enjoy the... Um, I suppose the higher the standards he sets for you, the more likely it is that he gets these free trips to cool places. So does he, well, he Does he go out to those places with you or not? He, you said he didn't go to ISL with you. How does that work?
1: I think ISL was because it was, like, a personal decision. Like, it's kind of like what I was, like, getting at before. Like, he's putting his, ho- like, life on hold for six weeks and he's got, like, a one-year-old at home Um and like he's not gonna want to spend six weeks away from him which is so fine like he still uh, he'll do the three week camps with us like all the time like we go to altitude all the time um
0: where do you do the altitude
1: camps uh flagstaff okay yeah and then he's got he got picked on he's been named for the tokyo team so yeah i reckon he does love it and i think he did definitely love the ISL because I think I'm sure coaches get a cut of the prize money. Like, I'm sure that's a oh thing. happy happy days then. Happy yeah, like days. that's definitely a thing. Like, yeah, so he's probably buzzing. Yeah,
0: good stuff. And just um, just I love more generally. It's obviously so it's so renowned for being an elite swimming training center, mm-hmm. uh, one of the best in the world, but. So those who don't know, what is Loughborough like, the place? Because it's it's not the biggest of places, it hasn't got that many people. For you guys no. living there, what is it? What what's it actually like?
1: It's like it's a student town. I'd say the whole town is just run by students because Loughborough itself is small, but it's a big university. It's a well-known, well known well well known university, and like I've like obviously your summers are there the whole year, and it is so dead when there's no. No students, because obviously they'd go home for the summer and go home for Christmas. It is like a ghost town. Like, there's no traffic or anything. Like, it's so weird when the students aren't there. But I'd say, like, when the students are there, it is kind of like a little city in a little town. Like, because just like, this, like, nightlife's obviously good because, like, of the students, like, there's so many places to eat. Like, the cinemas, like, when I compare it to, like, Buxton, which is probably the same size town, like, where I'm from, like, there's nowhere near as many like chains of restaurants. Like there's like one club, and like it's kind of I don't it's know. Like, it's like a little either. it's a little place with a lot going on, and like and then like you don't because you don't get the cities. Like you're like 20 minutes from not uh, 20 minutes from Leicester, like four, half an hour, 40 minutes from Nottingham. Like it's like ideal for what I, where I want to be right now. And yeah, yeah. I really love Bro. But, like, everyone knows and,
0: everyone as well. Okay. Well, that, that's got pros and cons, I suppose, hasn't it? Yeah, so, definitely. Um...
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, in terms of the swimmers at Loughborough, I feel like there's this big misconception that you guys just stick to yourselves and that, like, if, if we were to go on a night out in Loughborough, me and my mates, that there'd be one corner of one bar where there's just swimmers sitting in goggles and wearing fins and that. But is that do you guys actually mix with other students at
1: all? I think everyone does individually. So like, I have my course mates, but I think it obviously we're not sat alone hat and hang on with babe. it is really <laughs> like a swimming bubble like cuz there's so many swimmers and um like obviously come back the center combined with the uni squad like it's a it's a massive social within love Swimming and I think it's easy to just stay in like the swimming bubble kind of. Um, but like I think individually everyone has their own friends and their own course mates. But like for nights that like we do just enjoy each other's company and yeah. Yeah. But you guys um do you
0: guys live together then? Are you in a house with swimmers at the moment or with other students?
1: Yeah, so I'm in house of swimmers, but they're girls. They're girls that are in the uni squads. Um, so I don't, I don't train with them, which is nice. Um, because it feels like they're kind of like away from the pool, because I don't see them at the pool or training. Like we've just got close from like doing the swimming socials together. Um, the few that there are, but because. Yeah. Of course, Uh, I'd I'd imagine
0: there aren't. I'd imagine that you have to wait till after the season and everything for all that stuff.
1: Yeah, I feel. I'd say there's like three like parts of the season that like swimmers just just go a bit mad, and I think (laughs) I think that's the same anywhere in the swimming world. Like, yeah, it's a lot of fun though. Yeah,
0: and uh, but it's certainly reaping rewards for you at the moment Um, because I mean, over the last eighteen months, you have been on an absolute tear in terms of your performances. Were you, obviously we've talked about it a little bit, but looking back on the year of craziness, are you grateful that there was the delay to the Olympics? Or are you still a little bit frustrated because you were in such great shape going into trials last year?
1: I'd say at the time I was definitely frustrated because obviously I didn't know I would be able to push my swimming on much more. But like now, I'm like so so glad it happened. Like this time last year was like Edinburgh meet, and like I would literally like I remember. I think I even shaved down. Like I was so like keen to go fast, and I think I went like a two eleven. And then like man, like now when you compare that to Manchester meet, just gone. Like I'm doing two seconds quicker now, and it's kind of like I feel like the goal last year. Was just to make the team, just get my name on the list, and I feel like this year it's like I want to be a competitor at the games, and I feel like that's the shift that's happened within a year. It's such a blessing for um, me and a few other swimmers in the squad. I'd say, like, it's given yeah. everyone like a new lease and like a new love for swimming. Like you could tell, like, everyone was quite happy to be back when we had to have ten weeks out. Yeah, I think it made everyone appreciate it so much more.
0: Yeah, no, no, definitely, and that um that Manchester meet uh, a couple of weeks ago, that must have been such a big confidence boost for you, um to know that in this season where you know training must have been a little bit all over the place, that you really are on form going into the trials.
1: Yeah, I think it kind of started at ISL. Like it could have literally gone either two ways, and then I think ISL kind of set it in stone a bit more like right like it's going in the right direction and then I think the pressure the only pressure on Manchester was kind of just like kind of back these swims up long course like this is where it matters this season and I was just like over the moon with how it went in Manchester
0: yeah brilliant and so just uh we've just got a few more questions for you left Abby um yeah cool. for, uh, probably the most most important question is obviously We've spoken about how you're a young swimmer looking forward, you know, to the future. But when you do decide to um, call it a day and retire in the very distant future, we're all sure, (laughs) what do you wanna? What do you wanna look back at your career and have achieved by that point? That could be in swimming, or it could just be in life more generally.
1: Uh, I feel like swimming's easier to answer than life generally. (laughs) (laughs) Or or anything related to swimming. It doesn't have to be, you know, anything too much. I think in swimming, I think it's just to, like, get as much experience and meet as many people as possible. And I think, obviously, that the whole goal throughout my career has always been to make an Olympic Games. And, um, yeah, I think that's, like, it's, like, the simpler answer. Like, obviously, like, now things are progressing, like, my goals might be changing. But I feel like just getting like, my name on an Olympic team was, it's just always been the dream, and, um, yeah, looking back, yeah, and I think enjoying it as much as I could, as much as I am right now, and I feel like when I was doing, I think it was the reason I dropped the 400 medley long course, really, because I just hated it, I hated competing, I wasn't having a good time at all, I dread racing, and it, it just wasn't me anymore, and I think, like, as soon as I dropped it I was having such a better time and like loving swimming again and yeah so I think uh, just to enjoy it and like now I am definitely um now I've dropped the four inch medley. <laughs> yeah yeah, are happy, happy as
0: Larry after that yeah
1: mm. and uh, just in terms of the
0: promotion of swimming you know ISL is such a big thing
1: mm. um, is
0: that something you'd really be interested in, in the actual sport of swimming being more mainstream because I mean, we were talking about money earlier. If you were at your level in any mainstream sport, you'd be earning a real significant living at the moment. Is that yeah. something
1: you'd love to find? Yeah, obviously. Like, I think even when I'm finished, I mean, like, I'd love to keep like, um, like maybe go over to like the media world and like promote that even more. It was something I'd love to do because I feel like. I could talk for England, and I feel like ISL is like. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like ISL is like the first step towards it getting up there with bigger sports. Like it's definitely like it was. It was hard before because like the only spot like it had and the chance to get get any promotions was every four years at the Olympics, and even then it's in a pool of so many other sports like competing like for airtime, whereas like. Something like football is like on like every weekend too. Like, two like it's on all the time and swimming like does not get that coverage at all and there's not like that much money in swimming i feel like isl is definitely like making it start it's getting the ball rolling i'd say that's been the best phrase for isl
0: yeah well fingers crossed it keeps it keeps um keeps developing the sport more um just yeah. quickly before we leave i've been asked to, asked to to ask you who you would like to come on this podcast who you think would be interesting to come on oh
1: my god that's such a hard question you don't have to
0: rat anyone out don't
1: worry <laughs> um i think joe and max they, they're quite chatty and they'd be good together i think and um, the brothers joe and max litchfield i think uh, good stuff. We'll, yeah. get a, we'll have a good laugh with them then. Yeah, like they'd be cool because, like, it's always like being competitive, but I feel like Joe, now Joe's stepping it up. Like, it's more, it's getting more even now. And I think, I don't know, they're good, they're chatty boys. They're and, at, yeah.
0: Yeah, they're both at the peak of the powers at the moment, aren't they? So Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: good stuff. Anyway, Abby, thank you so much for coming on. You've been an absolute delight. And no, uh, thank we you. I've to had you a really
1: again. good time. No, yeah, I'd love no to No problems.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Um, thanks so much again for coming on, and we all wish you the very best with the season coming up. We'll be following you closely, and um, yeah, the very best of luck for everything in the future.
1: Thank you very much.
0: No problems. Take care. Thank you for listening to an episode of the Swim Special. Everybody here at ISL News greatly appreciates it. Do not forget to catch us on whatever platform you use to hear your podcasts, and also give us a follow on Instagram at iSwimLeague underscore news. That's where you can find all the best content about swimming, in particular the ISL and the upcoming ISL Season 3. We're going to be putting the videos of these podcasts onto YouTube as well as clips, and also we're going to be putting those clips onto Instagram as well, so don't forget to catch us there.
1: Thanks very much for listening. It's greatly appreciated. Cheers.